6, and we'll be taking a look at that today. Um, before I get into my message, I wanted to, I know that the summertime, everybody's coming and going, and so it's hard to just make an announcement for one week and think that everybody's heard it. So I wanted to say again today that if you didn't know, um, my husband and I are having a baby. I'll show you, see. Um, uh, you can't tell from the front, I know, because I'm just going out, not wide. That's what my doctor says, anyway. Um, so because of that, we are uh, transitioning, and I'm going to be taking maternity leave for a year. And I've been, those last three weeks, um, training my replacement, which is Gary Jennings Jr. And uh, he did a very good job, let me tell you. You can rest easy, he's going to be fine. Um, I've taught him everything I know. It only took three weeks. Um, and so he's going to be great. And so he uh, is finished training. He's going to start officially August 29th. And then I will be finished uh, September 4th and go on maternity leave. And then uh, we'll still be around, but uh, he will be taking care of my responsibilities. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Okay. Um, so I wanted you to... Um, I also wanted to introduce today because I know some of you may have heard of this girl named Kelsey that Gary Jr. is marrying and no one's ever seen her. She's kind of like Pokeru. Um, for those of you who know who Pokeru is, anyway. Um, but she is here today, and so I wanted to have them both stand and introduce. This is Gary Jr. and his fiancée, Kelsey, who on Saturday... Welcome, who on this Saturday will become his wife. They are getting married. Yeah, thanks, you guys. They are getting married in uh, Moose Jaw. Is that where we're going? All right. Moose Jaw this Saturday. And uh, I know that you will embrace them uh, for this next coming year, as you have Jim and I, and I have no doubt in that. So I just wanted to share that with you today. I never used to be a person who was bothered by much. I failed grade 11. Some of you know that already. No big deal. God will help me. Failed out of public relations in college. No big deal. God will help me. I'm being very vulnerable today, okay? <laughs> you can't make fun of me after. Um, racked up credit card debt while I was in Bible college twice. No big deal. God will help me. I mean... I felt bad and I felt like a failure, but I wasn't worried about it. I remember when I was in college, not having money for gas to even get to work. And I just wasn't worried at all. I just knew God would provide. And uh, he always did. Usually it was through friends who asked to borrow my car. And then when they gave it back to me, it was filled up with gas. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm like, sure, you can borrow my car. Fill it up with the gas. I lived in China for two years and thought that was no problem at all. I never had a thought of worry, and I was even there when SARS hit, and I still wasn't worried. I'm not sure when it happened or why, but in this last year, I have struggled in the journey of battling worry in my life and really felt like the Lord wanted me to share this with you today. This was actually triggered for me when I preached two weeks ago on not wasting your pain. And being vulnerable and sharing this with you today is a part of that not wasting my pain journey. So uh, you'll indulge me in that. This past year has been a pretty tough one for me. I have 
for the first time, been faced with chronic worry and anxiety and panic attacks at times and all that goes with that. And it started, I think it started two years ago with all the change in my life. I moved cities, changed jobs, got married. Sorry, guys, don't, don't get worried. It's no problem. Just go like this right now, okay? <laughs> it was a lot at once. And this last year, uh, Jim felt God calling him to leave his full-time job and go into police studies at, at ACC. And we barely had the finances to make ends meet with two salaries, let alone just one. So that was a stretching experience for me and began my journey of daily having to give worry to the Lord. I, I mean, I hadn't really experienced those feelings before because I didn't worry about anything. And now it was like being home alone and worrying about when Jim was gone and all these things. And something that I never expected is the worry that came with pregnancy. My journey this last eight months has really surprised me. It has come with anxiety and even panic at times. I found myself worried about the baby and what will happen. It's been so hard knowing that it's out of my control. And a few months ago, I would frequent my doctor's office to hear the baby's heartbeat because I just was a little worried. (laughs) And the ladies, whenever I went in, the ladies always looked at me like, oh no, here comes the nervous first-time mom again. Let's just humor her. (laughs) Yeah, I'll get the Doppler. Okay, come on in. So God has been teaching me what it means to put my trust in him no matter what happens. And I wanted to ask you today, what do you worry about? Let's take a look at this video. Do you worry about anything? Sure. Everything. Well, you know, the, the, the sun could go nova. Something could come in from the Oort cloud and blast us, viruses. Yeah, worry about lots of stuff. Do you worry about anything? Yes, always. That's one of my problems. (laughs) Do I worry about anything? What kind of question is that? Yeah, I worry about stuff. Anything you can share? Money, job, that's about it. What is the cure, do you think, to, uh, to not worry? A lot of money and a good job. Do you worry about anything? Uh, no, I, you know what? I, right now I'm worrying about her. I think we just lost her shoe. How about you, ma'am? Are, do, you, do you worry about anything? I worry about earthquakes living in LA. Do you worry about anything? Are you kidding? <laughs> Am I human? <laughs> I worry about a lot of things. I worry about my family, my. You know, my my daughter particularly, and my grandkids, and I worry about myself, and I worry about other people. I just, I'm a worrier. I worry about everything. Uh, I wonder if I'm still going to have a job today or tomorrow. What are some things that you worry about, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, homework, school, sports, friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think the future for our youth. I have two grandsons, 13 and 15, and, and I look at them and I, I'm i concerned. Yeah, I worry. But I worry less now that I'm older than I did when I was younger. I don't know why that is. but Do you worry about anything? Everybody worries, I think. And why do you think that is? You want things to go your way. You worry, am I going to do this right? Am I, I always tell my girlfriend I'll give her $5,000 if she can come up with one good thing that worry brings her. She hasn't cashed in yet. 
I found these stats that break down um, how much of people, how much of what people worry about is on certain things. Apparently, 40% of what people worry about is about things that never happen. 30% are things in the past that can't be changed. Health issues are 12%. Petty problems are 10%. And only 8% of what we worry about is on real legitimate problems. So let's take a look at our text today. Matthew 6, 25-34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Three times in these verses, Jesus says, do not worry. If you look at the King James Version, it says, take no thought for your life. From that translation, you might get the idea that Christians shouldn't plan for the future. But of course, that's not true. That's not what we're talking about. The literal wording in the Greek is phrased this way, don't be anxious. There's a difference between preparing for the future and being worried about the future. The English word worry comes from an old German word meaning to strangle or choke. And that is exactly what worry does. It's a kind of mental and emotional strangulation, which might cause more mental and physical afflictions than anything else. These next ideas, and if you're taking notes, if you want to look up the sermon notes, these points are there for you to, to take note of. Uh, these thoughts came from a man named Steve Smith, and I'm going to put my spin on it here. Jesus gives us four reasons why worry is the unwise choice. Worry shows unfaithfulness to Jesus. Is he the Lord of your life or not? Look at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Notice that the verse begins with the word therefore, and I've heard the advice that when you come to the word therefore in the Bible, you should always ask the question, what is it therefore? Very good. Here, therefore, takes us back to the previous verse. 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus declared that a Christ follower's only master should be God. When the Bible says that God must be our master, it means that he must control our life. And when we worry, we stop trusting God and we take control back of our life, showing our doubt that Jesus is 
our Lord. Worry indicates that God is not able to meet my needs, that he is not the Lord of my life. Worry shows unfaithfulness. Secondly, worry is unnecessary because of our Father. It's as if Jesus is saying here, have you forgotten who your Father is? If God feeds the birds of the air and clothes clothes the flowers of the fields, will he not provide for you? God is not their father. He's your father. He cares about you much more than he cares about the birds and flowers. Of course he will provide for you. Verse 27 says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Think about what worry reveals about us. I was thinking about this. Worry reveals that I have a defective understanding of God. Worry reveals that I don't really trust his promises. And worry reveals that I am ruled by my circumstances, not by my Lord. And if I believe that God can save me from sin, he can take me to heaven, how can I not believe that God will take care of the rest of my days on this earth? So do I believe or not? If I am of God, my worry is unnecessary. So the question becomes, am I of God? Which is a hard question to ask. So worry shows unfaithfulness. It's unnecessary. And thirdly, worry is unreasonable because of our faith. It's unreasonable because of our faith. Verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? Jesus says that when we worry, we are no different than those who don't have a relationship with him. They don't have a heavenly father, so they have a reason to worry. We have no excuse. (laughs) We know that we have a father who loves us. And our problem is that we act too much like people who don't have relationship with Christ. When we think like the world and crave like the world, we worry like the world. Because a mind that is not centered on God is a mind that worries. God expects more of us. God expects us to be different. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God will guard your hearts. Instead of worrying about our future, we need to recognize that our worry is a signal to us that our faith needs to mature. Let it be a signal to do what it takes to grow and mature in your faith. Jesus says in verse 33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Our first concerns should be to seek God's kingdom. (laughs) Seek to let God rule your life. To seek God's righteousness. To seek according to what God wants for our life. And all these things, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, will be added to you as well. In other words, get your priorities straight. Seek God first. Fourthly, worry is unwise because of our future. Worry is unwise because of our future. Verse 34, 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Once again, Jesus isn't saying, don't plan for the future. He's saying, don't worry about the future. Don't worry about how you're going to handle the problems of tomorrow. Focus on today. There's enough trouble in each day without adding to the stress by worrying. So worry shows unfaithfulness, is unnecessary, is unreasonable, and is unwise. So what can we do to overcome worry? What can we do? Well, I believe that worry is a choice. We need to refuse to worry. Worry is a choice. Refuse to worry. In verse 25, Jesus commands us, do not worry. So, worry equals a choice. Obviously, he's saying, do not worry. We have a choice to worry or not. To decide, I will not worry, does not mean you don't care. It doesn't mean you stop making dinner for your kids, or you go outside without any clothes on and say, no worries. (laughs) No. (laughs) It means that you choose to give to God that which you cannot control. And that is what I've had to learn. I've had to get up every day and choose not to worry. I have to choose to mature in my faith and watch God work miracles in my life. I have to choose to pray in faith and read the Bible to build my faith to override my feelings. And that is what God has been teaching me. I need to refuse to worry and choose Secondly, I need to meditate on God's love. Verse 26, Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Why does he say that? Well, he's saying you are more valuable to God than birds and flowers. God loves you and cares for you. The more we know about how much our Heavenly Father loves us, the more we will trust him. Faith trusts God. Worry doubts God. Verse 27, Jesus said, And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? In other words, worry doesn't help at all. In fact, worry makes things worse. I need to look at my circumstances through the eyes of what Jesus did for me on the cross. And in that light, I have no reason to worry. I need to refuse to worry. I need to meditate on God's love for me. And thirdly, I need to seek God's kingdom. Seek God's kingdom. In verse 33, we see the cure for worry is to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. When we do this, we are trusting God. And as we trust him, he meets our needs. This reminds me of the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10. Martha was busy getting things ready for Jesus and making lunch and complaining to Jesus about all the things she was worried about and Mary was just sitting around doing nothing. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mary was seeking first God's kingdom. I think of the story, and I read this online this week, of a man going on a cruise, and he was so excited to go on this cruise, 
but he only had enough money for the ticket. So he thought, no problem, I'll just bring some bread and peanut butter with me and I can just eat that the whole entire time. And it wasn't until two days in that someone asked him about why he was eating this bread and peanut butter. Maybe he had an allergy, but why would you be eating peanut butter if you had an allergy? Anyway, they were confused. Then he found out what his ticket included. He had never been on a cruise before, I guess. He realized that his ticket included all the food he wanted. And he could have been enjoying everything there. All that he wanted. But he didn't know what was all included in the price of his ticket. And as I read that story, I don't know whether it's true, it's a little bit of a silly story, but it reminds me of myself sometimes. Because I get focused on my circumstances and forget all that is included in the price of my ticket, so to speak. The ticket that Jesus paid for with his life. The ticket that covers me with God's love and God's grace and God's forgiveness. And in the light of Jesus dying on the cross to save me from being separated from God forever should keep me from worrying about anything else. There's nothing else to worry about. I need to focus on seeking first God's kingdom. When I look at my circumstances through the eyes of God's kingdom, what else is there to worry about? How unfortunate that Christians have joined those who worry and fret about everything. We have taken our cue from the world around us. We have allowed Satan to defeat us and cause us to stumble. Instead of trusting in the power, provision, and protection of our sovereign God, we have grown used to living with anxiety and worry and letting it plague our lives. Seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness means living under Christ's lordship. He is the lord of our lives. He is the lord of our jobs. He is the lord of our bank account. Seeking God first is what is prioritized in the Lord's Prayer. I mean, if you think about the Lord's Prayer, have it go through your head, it's modeled in this order. Praise for the Lord. Prayer for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. Forgiveness of our sins and forgiveness of others who have sinned against us. Then petition for our daily needs. Earlier I was telling you about God teaching Jim and I (laughs) to seek him first. um, And especially me and to not leave room for worry. Jim and I experienced a financial miracle when he was in school. I didn't tell you the end of the story yet. The money for tuition, that was another thing we were thinking about. And it was miraculously an account that, in an account that he forgot about. I keep asking him if he's still forgetting about accounts somewhere. But apparently there was only one. And it was the exact amount that we needed for his schooling. And that is how cool God is. Our bills were more than our income, yet every month last year, we had more than enough. Actually, we had more than we had with two full-time jobs. And that was God's way of saying to me, when he is in it, it just works. And it doesn't make sense in the natural. And this baby is in God's hands. You guys, I thought I was going to get through without crying. This baby is in God's hands and will be the man of God 
that he intends him to be. And I get up every day and I trade my worries for the promises of God. I refuse to worry. I choose to meditate on God's love for me. And I choose to seek first His kingdom. I have chosen, like the song said earlier, um, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. The ground of worry, the ground of anxiety, it's all sinking sand, and I stand on Christ. So today I want to say to you, and all those who cry when I cry are looking down right now, I understand that, that's no problem. I'm not offended. What is God saying to you today? What do you need to do? Do you need to refuse to worry? Do you need to choose to meditate on his love for you? Or do you need to seek first his righteousness? Or maybe you're here and you can't even look at worry through those eyes because you haven't chosen to put Christ the Lord of your life yet. So maybe you're at that stage and that's wonderful. But I want you to pray with me and think about uh, what it is God's saying to you. Lord, thank you so much for your word today. And God, I believe that you have a specific purpose for what you've had me share. And God, we just, uh, we just want to open our hearts to what you want to do in our lives. And God, it may not even be about worry or anxiety, but but about something else in our life that has taken place of your Lordship. So God, we today want to make the choice. We want to refuse to worry. We want to choose to meditate. And we want to choose to seek God, I believe that you're asking us to go deeper. I believe that you're asking us for more of our time to be spent with you. And God, I no longer depend on the time I spent with you yesterday or last week or last year. But God, it has to be an everyday, everyday occurrence that gets me through what you have for me today. God, I pray for what you're doing in hearts and lives. I pray that you would speak clearly. And God, we don't just want to listen to your word and then go unchanged. We want to take the next step in our faith journey and help us to know what that is and what that looks like.
why don't you stand with me